this this last week's outcome i did not like my my point output and i know many people probably joined me in that disgust of this week welcome in partner how's your week been yeah i mean it was a weird one i feel like you know the nfl didn't realize that the weird things happening should be reserved for just that halloween week because this one was just as bizarre you know i highlighted in the open last week about the quarterbacks that won the the week prior and this week, it was just as weird for quarterbacks as it seems like the the league has seemingly figured out how to defend the top quarterbacks. And it's been like, you know, like like a year and a half, maybe more now of just like like legendary, just historic quarterback play, just leading to high scores across fantasy leagues. And then with this defensive shift that is going on, like, are we seeing like you know, like the end of that era per se. And, you know, we're going to find that, you know, the high scoring passing offenses maybe have finally started to come to a halt. You know, it's probably too early to make that. It may be too anecdotal right now, but it's definitely a troubling sign and could be a troubling sign on fantasy scoring league wide. So, um, you know, aside from, aside from that, like you said, we will get into the games because we have Jay, Zero feedback this week. Yeah, Brent, you hate to see it. Like I said, we are we are crescendoing into the final month of the season. And I mean, the fact that it's gone silent here uh, in week nine heading into week 10. I mean, maybe maybe, Brent, it could just be, like I said, some depression over the low scores and the lack of energy of people's teams on the field. Maybe. That's playing out in the feedback corner. I don't know, but I, for one, don't like it. I, I want the participation back. Hopefully, we get some some calls coming in next week. Yeah, I mean, I know that there's not a shortage of things to say. I see a lot of commentary going back and forth, uh, you know, throughout the games, throughout the weekend. So it's definitely not a shortage of things to say. It's just a weird shortage of people, you know, um, voicing those those things in the feedback hotline. So. Yeah, maybe maybe next week people will pick it up. We have tend to see these dips um, previously, so maybe it's just one of those dip weeks. So maybe next week will be more of a uh, of a, a boost to that. But um, you know, I guess we'll get right into the recaps this week without that energy to go over. So let's uh, you know let's start off the uh, off the recaps here, Jay, and we'll start off with the 
Barco Frankie Fernandez game, which you know we had highlighted last week going into it as one of the bigger games of the week. So I think it's only right that we start off with that. And you know, just to get right right back to what I said about the quarterbacks, it seems like the only quarterbacks that are seemingly immune to this shift um, is is probably the, the best ones in the league. And one of those best ones in the league being Lamar Jackson putting up 40 points here to go along with James Connors, 40 points. It's impressive. Pressure coming. McCoy rush floats it out to Connor. Blockers in front. First down and more. Connor turning on the speed. Looking over his shoulder. Nobody's going to catch him. It's a touchdown. 45 yards for James Connor. Third time today that he's found the end zone and the Cardinals stretch the lead. And I was highlighting it in the WhatsApp that it's time to consider James Connor award worthy because this cat cost 1.5 million for Barco and he is just a big piece of rocketing him up the HSSR standings. Yeah, I think honestly, James Connor. Look, he's. I mean, it's a, it's a, obviously a great pickup. He is entirely touchdown dependent. Coming into the week, I think he was uh, like RB twenty two, and you know Chase Edmonds was RB nineteen coming into the week. Who Chase Edmonds was like? You know, he. I thought he was having a great year. Uh, he was getting the majority, the 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 higher percentage of all the shap, uh, snap share in terms of targets. Uh, receptions, carries, uh, percentage uh, of play on the field. Obviously, Chase Edmonds was the lead back. This is a perfect storm of a game for James Conner because Chase Edmonds literally got hurt on, like, the third snap of the game. And then, you know, had that been a regular game in terms of if Kyler Murray were in the game, they would have relied much less on the run as it is just because they always do when Kyler Murray's in the game. So, Honestly, just a perfect storm of this kind of a 40-point output from James Conner. This is just an anomaly of a game. It's an outlier. It comes on a great week for Barco because nobody else had a good week this week uh, in, in the Stinky League, particularly at the top of the standings. So Barco, basically just on the strength of this lucky-ass James Conner game, along with Mr. Jackson, who you mentioned, who to me is number two in the MVP standings right now in the real NFL um, he like those two players alone catapult Barco into the stratosphere. I mean, when guys are typically struggling all week to get out of the hundreds and he has two guys get him 80, like it's going to be a big week. And it comes, like I said, in a week where no one else had a big game. And that's why you see this meteoric ascent continuing for Barco. I will go over it in uh, later on in the show in the HSSR standings. But, you know, you said the great quarterbacks are immune or the elite quarterbacks are immune, not on the other end of the, of the spectrum here in this matchup, because Josh Allen, who typically we've seen him going off this year, he gets held. This is a baffling game, Brent. And I'm just going to talk about it real quick from Josh Allen's perspective. And I'll turn it over to you. 9.56 points in a game that he played the entire game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And to look at that game and the actual outcome on the field, they lose that game nine to six. And one of the most baffling, puzzling, head-scratching outcomes I personally have seen in the NFL in probably the last decade. Obviously, it meant a low-scoring game for Josh Allen and really a low-scoring game overall for Frankie Feedback this week. Yeah, like you said, 156 to 97 is definitely not the score we were expecting when we uh, when we jumped into this game. But 
you know, there's other there's other things on Barco's side that went, went really well. He picked up Jordan Howard. He got himself into the end zone with 71 rushing yards. Tim Patrick had a really nice game. Marquise Brown. Like, there's just a lot of performances on Barco's side that lead this lead me to believe that this is not just, like, one lucky Connor game that is shooting him up the ranks. He's he's getting performances from pretty much up and down the lineup, and he is definitely a force to be reckoned with. And Frankie was the same force to be reckoned with going into this game. And he is, you know, he's he's got some issues. He gets that big Devonta Smith skeleton game that I'm sure you'd love to see. But you know, I was looking at his lineup going like in the for the, to see who to pick this week. And granted, he had Metcalf off this week. He had Fournette off this week. Those are two major players in his lineup that he depends on pretty much weekly. So, you know, maybe this is just, you know, a tough bye week for Frank. I guess we'll see about that. But I don't think there's anything else more to talk about in this game. So we can probably move on to the next game, even though in this one I had Barco picked. You had Frank picked. It was probably the only thing, (laughs) the only advantage I gained on you this week, though. All right. Next up, we have the let's go to the Mike versus Mike game. We have. Bad Gay Booby versus Hey Stinky Schwarz, and just another game under 100 points for Booby here, and he loses to, you know, uh, I said the worst record in the league, but Booby did not have the worst record in the league going into this. Schwarz had the worst record, and Booby loses to the worst record in the league here, even though Schwarz only gets 5.9 from his quarterback. The big, the big performance here was that Thursday night, Jonathan Taylor, huge 47-point game that essentially ended Booby's week before it even started. Right back to offense, go to Colts. Wow. Taylor's gone. Jonathan Taylor. Goodbye. Touchdown, Indy. As he crossed the tape at the goal line. 78 yards. Yeah, Brent, look, this is just bad. It's just bad timing. I mean, there's been a couple things that have, that have gone into booty season this year. And look, fantasy football, I've been saying it for years. A lot of it is just luck and timing. And this is a this is just a down week. This is a low scoring week. 98 points, honestly, this week is not that bad of a score. It's pretty much the median score of, of the league. Um, but in a in a week where, again, just like last week, we saw no huge performances, nobody exploding and going off. If you play a guy that goes off this week, you're not going to get the win. I myself had to contend with that same kind of a game from a player I was playing this week. And look, if you're in a week where nobody has a player go off and everyone's around 100 points, if one dude goes for nearly 50 against you, you're just not going to win. Like you said, This game ultimately was over before it even started on Thursday night with that 47 spot from Taylor. I mean, overall, Booty didn't have like a terrible game. When you look up and down the lineup, I know you want to talk about the Edwards pickup subsequently and the play playing of him, which resulted in zero. And I mean, he gets 0.3 from Chase Edmonds. Look, this is situational. We can talk about like Chase Edmonds came into the game, like I said, as RB19. This guy has been very, very consistent. He's been a consistent double-digit performer. You can bank on this guy going for at least 11 every single week. He got hurt on the third snap of the game. So, I mean, you get zero from from Edwards. You get .3 from Edmonds. So two guys combined for .3 points for him, and he's playing someone with 47. You're just not going to win that game. 
Jay, that's not even the storyline for this game, though, to be honest. The, the storyline here is he spent $50 million on Edwards. He got zero out of him. The week before, he spent $54 million on a defense in the Patriots. He has them on the bench, and they would have easily gotten him the W here. Steelers defense only got him seven. So, I mean, this is just, again, poor management. I mean, with the Edwards thing, the Patriots defense thing, they're making the trade that not, not a lot of people. I mean, this is basically the first week of Booty going into submitting his tight end to your trade penetration, and it just didn't go well. And he has done desperate move after desperate trade, and he scapped himself here with the Patriots in a major way. And, it, you know, it's it's just the story of his season so far. It's just, you know, you can say it's luck, you can say it's bad timing, but it's been time after time this season. And, you know, I, I, I can't even see how it's defensible anymore. So, you know, Schwarz gets a much, much needed win here because he was – he was sinking very deep into the toilet, and now he just pushes Booby's head further down into the toilet. So let's move on to the next game here, and that is your game, Jay. That is the Table Boy Spross versus Dryery of a Wimpy Kid, Jay Skapinak. And I know you don't want to talk about this game, so let's get it out of the way quickly. You hate to see the 87 points on your side. And Spross didn't even have a great game with the 102. I mean, that's essentially what I put up this week, and I got a loss. So it's just been one of those weeks where, you know, if you hit 100, you you might. That's essentially the the 130 mark that we used to talk about before. But he does it on the back of a big shove. They give it to him. They give it to him on second and ten, and he breaks a big one. He might take it all the way. As Chubb takes it to the end zone for the touchdown. 70 yards. Coach Stefanski, here's your next-gen stats. Hand the ball to that guy. It's going to work. <laughs> Do it a little bit more. Right up against you there with the 36 points. And, you know, he actually has made some good moves. He picked up Pat Fryermuth, the Penn State tight end. He got him 21 points on Monday night to seal the victory. And even though he got a, a big fat zero from the Ravens D and just 12 from Mahomes, he still pulls out the victory. Yeah, Brian, it would look, I mean, I obviously, I, I don't like what's happening with Tony. I, I did not want to play him this week. I would have went with Corey Davis, who was, in, who would have been involved in that massive shootout on Thursday night. Have to imagine he would have done a lot better than 1.2. I of course scat myself just marginally on the defense this week. Um, and I only get two. He had that zero on his side. Um, you know, other than that, I, you know, I've got the best, the best fantasy player in the world not playing this week, a top 10 running back. I mean, I, I saw this game coming. Ultimately, what I didn't see coming was, I wish I should have, was the the Daniel Jones situation. I've only been planning for this bye week for Brady since the draft, and I end up getting 12 points from Daniel Jones. So just, just a predictable, uh, low-scoring game for me. Hate to see it, though, like you said. Um, had you told me going into the week that Daniel Jones would have three-tenths of a point less than Patrick Mahomes, I would have loved my chances to win this game. I would have loved uh, my chances to have a pretty high-scoring game, actually uh, missing three or four players, but didn't go that way. Both guys only got about 12. And like you said, like I said earlier, when you play one guy that just blows up on you in a week like this where they're all low-scoring games, you're just not going to get that win. And looking at Chubb's line, I mean, he had 137 yards rushing, uh, 26 yards receiving, and two touchdowns. 70 yards of that and one touchdown came on one play. It was probably about an 18 to 20 point play. 
And, you know, that's just the way it goes. It's fantasy. I uh, just have to close a chapter on this week and move on to the next week. Congrats on uh, Sprost for getting a big and much needed win. He would have been under 500 without this win. So maybe uh, uh, better things uh, on the horizon for him coming. Although, Brent, we could talk about it maybe when we do the previews later on. Like I said earlier on the WhatsApp chain, Chubb with COVID. So not sure. Uh, I, d- I doubt he's going to be able to play this week. He has a shot to play. It's going to be tight, though. Um, you know, it, it, it's lucky that it happened in the very, very beginning of the week. If it happened on Tuesday or Wednesday, unlikely. But the fact that it happened on Monday gives him a slight chance to play. And if he doesn't, it would probably benefit to Ernest Johnson the most. So, like you said, we'll talk about that a little bit more. But um, I had picked you in this game. You had picked Spross. I picked you because, you know, I said I needed to see the Kansas City thing fix itself before – I believed in it, and it has not fixed itself yet, but um, we shall see in the previews where that goes. Next up on the slate, we have Bags Mad Dong 2021 versus Wookie Castaway. And you know what I was thinking when I was looking at this game? Because I was just watching Rise of Skywalker, and it's it's kind of funny how, like, how perfect this team name has become. Because, like, you know, the castaway thing where he's, like, on an island by himself with no contact with anyone. And that's how his M.O. has kind of been this season with just, like, we don't know if he's there or not. And in Rise of Skywalker, uh, you know, I don't know if you know this, but, you know, Chewie gets uh, gets captured. So it's, like, it has become such an appropriate team name that uh, that, you know, I just wanted to point that out. But speaking of, he gets the W this week, 100 to 79 and you know he gets a nice game from Jefferson this week with that 50 yard wide open touchdown that he scored Cousins deep shot got a man Jefferson you bet touchdown Minnesota 50 yard strike to the second year man out of LSU and you know that that plus Cousins was pretty much all the momentum he needed to take down Bags, who just a pathetic 79 points is all he could put up. And it's just hilarious that, I think I said it last week, but, you know, he gets Jalen Hurts. He's like, I'm going to fix this quarterback situation once and for all. And, you know, you throw a big stink about him getting this amazing quarterback. And in two weeks, he has scored 11 and 18, both of which are his worst games of the season so far. And, you know, Bags just cannot find a way to climb out of the toilet as he goes to four and five. But we'll get into it in HSSR. You know, these wins are the only thing keeping him afloat. And if he's not getting the wins, he's going to be dropping down. Yeah, Brent, I I obviously I picked TJ in this game. I picked TJ to win the MVP still, even with Henry going out, because the advantage is just too much um, when Henry went down and. Again, TJ, just with a coasting 100-point game, like I said, 100 points is about the median mark this week. Uh, I mean, really nobody's gaining separation from that 100-point mark other than Barco this week. Uh, And Bags, I mean, this is just abysmal ass when you look at this lineup, up and down the lineup. You've got Hurts with 18 and the defense with 17. Other than that, not one player in double digits. I mean, it's just all sorts of bad Nowhere to go on the bench. Oh, I mean, this, you just hate to see it. Good friend of the show. Uh, Joey Baggs, a great competitor. Um, it's just, it's really bad. Like you said, we'll get into where he stands right now in the HSSR later on in the show. Um, but, Brent, I am going to do Joey a favor. 
All right, I'm going to help him out. I'm, I feel bad. You know, I, I like you said, I, I made that stink about Jalen Hurts. He was QB9, uh, and he had not gone under 22 all year. Uh, now, since Joey makes the trade, he gets 11 and 18. But I'm going to help the. I'm going to help this guy out. I'm going to start the Broncos defense against the Eagles this week, which Hurts will then have. I'm going to say a minimum of 40 on, on my on my defense. I will will it. Whatever defense, Brent, I start, the opposite will will occur. So like that you can, I can guarantee the Eagles are going to go off offensively this week and it's going to translate into a big Jalen Hurts game. Joey, you're welcome. All right. You hear, you heard it here first, bet the over in the Eagles game, apparently based on that, that judo being thrown out there. Um, all right. So uh, TJ goes to six and three. Like I said, bags goes to four and five on this one. And next up we have what ended up being the, you know, oddly, like one of the most high scoring combined games of the week. I say oddly because anytime the Weasel's involved, you expect a low scoring score on one side of the ball. But he puts up 125, which I believe is, I think, the second highest score of the week. Just a bizarre week when that happens. And, you know, he does that on the back of getting George Kittle back, who gets 100 yards. Gets that touchdown. So Jimmy G can let this ball fly anywhere. Second goal. Got him. Garoppolo directing traffic. It's Kittle. Hooks it out of the air. San Francisco touchdown. And he gets like a lot of garbage time points out of Dak Prescott to boost him up to 22. But that whole game, he was he was one of those quarterbacks having a terrible game. And he was, I mean, he even got out, out by Teddy Bridgewater making the MILFs wet over there on Russ's side because of, uh, because of Karen Rogers, um, you know, having COVID not being able to play this week. He gets a nice game out of Bridgewater, but still not enough. He puts up 117, which would have been enough to beat a lot of teams, but he just got matched up against, I guess, the second best, maybe third best weasel game of the year here. So, um, Ross takes the tough loss, goes to four and five. Weasel goes to three and six here. Yeah, I, I, honestly, Tutti's trending in the right direction here, I, I think, to be quite frank. I, and I play him next week. I honestly, I was circling that game as like a definite win for me. Uh, I'm a little nervous with, with the way this team is looking now. Dak Prescott's you can still playing. do that. You can still I mean, circle that. I, I don't know, Brent. I mean, Dak Prescott's playing Atlanta at home next week in, in a get-right game for Dak Prescott. I mean, I'm really I'm clenching my butthole already, but we'll talk about that matchup later on in the show. In this game in particular, I mean, Najee Harris continues to be a very solid mainstay for him. Elijah Mitchell's putting in uh, some pretty good performances here as of late as well. Uh, he got some he got some some Mooney uh, late late game magic there, and like you said, Kittle looks very good uh, in in his return game. He gets kind of like a crazy 18 points out of the Texans. Uh, just just a healthy overall scoring game for him. Uh, like you said, Russell, I mean, he played a pretty good game, and there were some things he could have done differently here, like like Kenyon Drake in for uh, Kenny Galladay uh, really could have changed the outlook of this game. But it is what it is. Like you said, it's a tough. Russ has had a lot of injuries, a lot of bad luck this year. Uh, he's really scrapping and fighting. I mean, he's under 500 now, but his points – are still fairly healthy. He's still in that playoff outlook, the play-in game, I should say. Uh, but we'll get into that more uh, later on in the show. Uh, like you said, this is this was just an unfortunate matchup for him. And like you said, I mean, the, probably the, the highest scoring game other than, than that Barco-Frankie game. I want to 
throw out some stinky stats here real quick, but Weasel is starting Jacoby Myers pretty much every week here. Uh, Jacoby Myers now has the most receiving yards in NFL history without a touchdown reception. That's 1,500 yards. This cat has re- has caught 1,500 yards worth of footballs without a touchdown. That uh, That is a sticky stat that needed to get thrown out there. And I forgot to mention this one back in the Frankie game. But, Jay, can we talk about Josh Allen versus Josh Allen real quick? <laughs> they do. Bills trying to pick it up. They can. Allen throws. Intercepted. It's Josh Allen. Intercepting Josh Allen. Because that was the first time in NFL history that a player with the same name as the opposing quarterback recorded a sack, much less an interception and a fumble by the quarterback. I mean, that was that needed to be pointed out. Sorry, I missed it during that recap, but that just needed to be pointed out here on the cast because that was just wild. Crazy game. And that, like I said, that was just a crazy, that that's one of the craziest games I've seen in the last decade on a number of fronts. And like you said, you could just pepper that one into it that, you know, the, a player with the same exact name records all of those things in the same game. I mean, it, it, that, that game was just off the chart. Um, you know, I enjoyed watching it because, you know, it really imploded a lot of survivor picks. So that was, that was kind of fun for me to see. I'm sure Frank is still having nightmares about it though. All right, so we can move on to the next game here, and that is the Steve Durazio mandatory black blowy versus never nude Stover. And with the lowest score, it looks oh. like, of the week, it's Stover. I mean, he's been trending in this direction for a few weeks now, and I think this is like rock bottom for him. Like, just looking on his side of the ball, I mean, it's probably the biggest nightmare situation you could have coming out of a fantasy week. I mean, 12 points from your quarterback you know, less than 10 points from your two running backs combined, probably close to 10 points from your two receivers combined. And, you know, even Devontae Adams, he had, he had to deal with Jordan Love at quarterback. So that that situation, that COVID situation by Karen Rogers had a, a little bit of a trickle down effect on his player there. He just couldn't get anything going on his side of the ball. And Durazio didn't need to do much. And, you know, he got it done with, you know, another decent Dalvin Cook game. And he had to sub in Roethlisberger pretty much last minute. Nice little pickup gets him 20 points with those two touchdowns that he threw. And, you know, Hunter Renfro, surprisingly, was one of the better players on his team besides the always reliable. Peterson and Adrian is into the end zone. Yeah, great pickup by Steve. Uh, obviously, uh, a bum loser move by me to go with Daniel Jones. Um, I was also I was considering actually going uh, late last second Saturday night with Jordan Love, just picking him up, and I was and then you know teetering back and forth all day, all Sunday morning between Love or Jones. Really, I think they scored about the same amount of points, and Love looks like a complete loser great pick there by green bay way to way to way to basically break uh the camel's back with that straw uh in terms of of irritating rogers enough to to be done with you based on jordan love looks like they really got that one right Er, doubt it um does not look like that guy does not look like a pro quarterback to me obviously 
it's hard to make a call so early on in someone's career. But the, I mean, that game was there for the taking uh, in Kansas City, and he just could not generate anything. Like you said, it had a negative effect on on poor Stover um, in, in Adams' play here. And Durazio, I just want to I just want to take my hat off. This guy now has a cheap win. I just want to point out he has a he has a win or a loss earlier in the year that was absolutely heartbreaking. He scored like 150 points and lost a garbage, garbage loss for him. That should have obviously been a win. So the scales have balanced here. He plays a dude that posted a 60. I mean, like you said, rock bottom for Stover. I think it might be officially time to end the playoff, the playoff streak for Stover. I think we can officially call it a wrap. Uh, but we'll get into it later on in the HSSR standings. It, it's been a crazy and a terrible year for him. Yeah, just very un, unexpected season coming from him there. And, you know, he he has Carson Wentz there on his bench. And if you look at the last like five or six games, Carson Wentz is outperforming Mahomes pretty healthily. So, you know, he has to he has to really consider, you know, making Wentz the, the full-time starter there. I don't know. It's, it's, it's probably a tough call between him and Carr, but – you know, he does have some value to pull himself out of the situation, and he is getting Montgomery back. He probably didn't get the full complement of Montgomery in that Monday night game, but, you know, he does have – the Calvary might be arriving to pull him out of the toilet uh, coming soon, so we shall see about that. But um, speaking of – you brought up cheap wins, and I know you love when PRB gets low-scoring W. so let's move on to the PRB – versus the Brent Biden game where all he needed was 109 to take me down. I scored 102, which I guess in the grand scheme of things this week, I shouldn't be that upset about. But, you know, I personally don't love when my quarterback has his worst game of the season, Joe Burrow, and puts up a stinker in only scoring seven points. Jay, let me read you off his his games this year. 25-16, 25-31, 25, 30, 49, 26, and then seven against, mm. you know, Cleveland, which, I, you know, teams have put up points against the Browns. They're not that scary of a defense this year. Completely unexpected. It was, uh, if you watch the game, it was just, just like a comedy of errors. A pick six return for a touchdown, drop touchdowns from Jamar Chase, who also put up 5.9, probably his lowest output of the season. And, you know, I didn't, ha- you know, I was, I was pretty happy with some of my other performances here. Like if Damian Harris didn't get hurt, he scored his, his fifth touchdown in a row. Zeke didn't have a terrible game, but not a great game. I picked up people's Jones for 16. Uh, he got me 19 points that, that, that ended up well. Javante Williams got his first hundred yard game of this, of his career that turned out well. Like I can't really be too disappointed on my side, but I mean, it was just some things on pure B side that just, you know, that was just enough for him to get by with that 25 point mixing game where he was essentially taking away two touchdowns from Burrow in the same game. Cincinnati's 20th snap in this opening quarter. It's Mixon. Mixon following blockers to the end zone for the touchdown. It's a great block on the outside by Boyd. The wide- I feel like that might have tipped the scales a bit in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, Burrow is probably, I think, he's averaging about 26, 27 points per game. I mean, you, like, Burrow is in that that caliber of quarterback where I would anticipate a minimum of 20 every week, no matter what. No matter what the opponent is, 20 minimum, you could bank it. If you got 20, 
from him, you win the game. So, I mean, it's really just that simple. You had, you had a number of good um, contributions up and down your lineup. Maybe a couple guys underperform here and there, of course. But by and large, if you just get a mediocre to below average game from, from Burrow, just not a horrific game like he had, you would have been victorious this week and had an even more uh, healthy-looking point total, which 102, like you said, is not terrible this week. Um, you know, PRB, again, I, does this dude have, like, a legitimate win this year? I'm just saying. I mean, he's got five wins now. Like, kudos to him, and we'll go over what it means in the HSSR standings. And look, I got to take my hat off to him. This guy is scrapping, clawing, fighting, battling his way out of the toilet bowl, and he's actually getting kind of close to play in territory. But these five wins are as fraudulent as you will see, I feel like. If we go back and audit all five of these wins, I feel like they're all going to be lingering around like 100-point wins. You want to hear the wins real quick while we're talking about it? Let's let's lay it out. All right. Week one, he won 142-94. to 94. Okay. Week two, he won 86-85. to 85. Ew. Week uh, seven, he won 105-87. to 87. Yuck. Week eight, he won 111 to 98. Poop. And this week, he won at three wins in a row for PRB. He won 109 to 102. Wow, Brent, these are these are straight fraud wins. I mean, that first one's obviously a nice win with 140. No, no, no questioning that. But like, holy crap! I mean, this guy like not one good win since week one. But a win is a win is a win. And even with HSSR. I mean, wins are still very important. Like the the record, the win loss record still is very very meaningful. Even in HSSR, it's it's less so, but it still is is a big determining factor. And th- I mean, this guy has really done it on the back of some some very questionable and lucky ass wins. But you wouldn't notice it from looking at the points against Jay because two of his losses, uh, someone put up TJ put up 185 on him. And you put up 170, so that would make it so that you know it kind of off, offsets the points against uh, score there. Yeah, and that's why, like, from a situational standpoint, you can't really necessarily look at like overall, you know, overall trends such as that. Like, like you said, because that could be, and the same could be true of like MVP, the MVP race at the top end. Like, you know, you might have a guy who gets near 200 two weeks, and then you know, has a couple 80 to 100 point, three, four, 80 to 100 point games intermixed, but they're still right there in, in the running. So, I mean, the totality of points doesn't necessarily tell the story every time. Right. Well, that is uh, the end of the recaps, Jay. So where that leaves the the picks segment. So I had Barco and Durazio. They were the, they were the only two I picked correctly this week. We both had booty locked. He, I mean, that 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 was just a poor judgment on our part. You had three, correct? You had Spross, TJ, and Durazio. So you just pick up one on me, and you're up by one because we were tied after last week. All right. Well, we stay we stay pretty tight. Um, we'll go into week 10. Uh, basically, it's anyone's game, obviously, here still, uh, Brent. But let's go ahead and take a quick break here. Uh, let's slide in a new sponsor. Um, I know, look, it's been one of the predominant prevailing themes of the WhatsApp chain basically since summer and hell even into last year has been crypto the crypto market cryptocurrency uh some of us believe in it some of us don't but there's definitely one mainstay of it frank fernandez this guy has been there the whole time he's been he's been pulling most of stinky into it willing us into the market 
And look, this guy is out there. He's on a mission, not just for Stinky, but for the world as a whole. So we want to help him get the word out uh, on crypto. So let's go ahead and take a quick break here. Get a word from our new sponsor, Frankie, and we'll come right back in after this quick break. And then, Brent, we're going to get into the HSSR breakdown. So you'll want to join us for that right after this. The crypto market is erupting, but don't let it explode all over your face. Are you a late adopter or worse? not in the market at all. Maybe you were just wondering when is the best time to sell? Well, wonder no longer. Introducing Frank Fernandez's Tornadoes of Crypto Wetness Cyber Symposium. Let Frank act as your Sherpa through the euphoric climaxes of this bull market run. Just sit back and try not to soil your panties while your investments go through the roof. And impress your friends by using insane acronyms they've never even heard of. Formed by legendary cyber currency analyst, Frank Fernandez. He is here to provide you with the crypto feedback you've been longing for. Follow him on Facebook and Instagram and connect to his bi-weekly cyber symposium through his OnlyFans account, Crypto Boner. Girls ages 18 and up get a 100% discount if you show up topless. In fact, we'll pay you. In crypto, of course. Frank Fernandez's Tornadoes of Crypto Wetness. Fuck you. That's my name. Welcome back in, Stinky Nation. Welcome back in. And Brent, I don't know about you, but I think, I mean, I'm going to join this guy's OnlyFans page. I mean, I don't think, I'm not a girl 18 or up, so I won't be getting that 100% discount, but um, I could maybe like take my pants off for like a 50%. <laughs> I, I think that would get you in the door for free at at, at that symposium. That's for damn sure. But um, yeah, I mean, great work by, by Frank. You know, he weathered the storm. He stuck to his guns and now he's reaping the benefits and, you know, I, I I am too, so I for one love to see it. So that was that was a great sponsor coming in there from uh, from Frankie Crypto Fan. So thanks for sending that along. Uh, you know we're uh, we're we're cheering you along here, bud. Well, Brent, speaking of speaking of Frank, I mean he's been a mainstay in these top four of the HSSR standings. Um, shall we begin at the top and see if it's like I don't know like a fourth or fifth straight week for Frankie in the top four? I think he's going to love to hear that it he's going to love to see it that it is uh is a top 4 appearance for Frankie but he's down at 4 but still at the top it's getting to be like a broken record it's what, what week is it we're going into week 10 here and mm-hmm. TJ TJ still finds a way to sit at the top of the HSSR with with 27 Yeah he's like I said he's not going anywhere he's still going to win the MVP um in my estimation and like you said, it's been literally – it's wire to wire, Brent. He is, he's been like number one the whole year in HSSR. It's just an incredible tour de force by him. Ten straight weeks or whatever, nine straight weeks, not just in the top four, but at number one. Um, behind TJ now, it feels like Steve has kind of been, you know, flirting with number two. He was number two for the first couple of weeks. Then he dropped, 
you know, down to three, four. Then he was actually out of the top four for a week or two. Uh, but he's there back up to number two with an HSSR score of 25. And he's at number two by virtue of a tiebreaker with me because I am at, at the three spot also with a score of 25 on the HSSR standing there. But Steve uh, is up on me in points by like 20 or 25 points, something like that. So by virtue of a point tiebreaker, uh, Durazio's up at two. I'm at three. We're both in there with a score of 25. Uh, and then at the fourth spot, like you said, like you teased it, Frankie is in there uh, with a score of 23. So I believe he was at, he was tied with me uh, at 24 last week, I think. And by virtue of tiebreaker, he was number two. So he actually drops a couple spots here uh, off of that loss to uh, that blowout loss to Barco. So, but there you go. Those are your top four. It's been the top four for, you know, at least a month. Those, those teams have been in there. And I know me and TJ have been in there since week one. Durazio, I think, had a week or two hiatus. And other than that, he's been there the whole year. So essentially three of these four guys have been in there all year long. Uh, there's some, some signs of, of letdown here from some of these teams. So we'll have to see if the door is potentially open for the number five spot this week to, to jump into the top four this upcoming week. And number five, Brent, is Barco. Now checking in with a score of 20. It's his first week in the 20s, and he leads that next uh, grouping of four, the play in four, with Barco, who it seems like a month ago, this guy was dead last in the HSSR standings, and now he's fifth with a score of 20. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I honestly thought that, um, you know, I, I said it late Sunday that in my book he was, he was a, looking like a top four team. And in order for me to say that, I would have to eliminate one of these top four teams. And, you know, it's tough. But I honestly think at this point in the season, the, the HSSR doesn't say it. But I feel like Barco is probably probably trending a little bit better than, than Frank right now. I know Frank had his his juiced up run. But, you know, those runs don't last for, I mean, I could say the entire season. But TJ has been at the top the whole year. But, you know, like it's it's uncommon. Like I feel like these teams go in bursts. And I think that Barco's burst is a little bit more sustainable than, than Frank's. If I just look at their teams, I mean, like Lamar Jackson, I, I feel like he might end up having a better year than, than Josh Allen this year. Like Josh Allen had a, had a, a world beater year last year, but that doesn't happen in consecutive years every time. And you know, this, this shell uh, defense, this cover two shell that is, is basically like the shift in baseball. Like that can work against a quarterback like Josh Allen, who likes to, to take, the, the deep ball and, and, you know, make that a huge part of his success, but you can't do that against Lamar Jackson. He'll eat you up with his legs, like way more than Josh Allen will. I don't know. There's just a few reasons why I'm feeling Barco is, is more of a top four team right now, but they are very close. So it's not really a bold statement on my behalf to, to say that, but he sits there at 20 points in that playing game territory, just above, Spross with 17. He's still hanging around and he's still clawing out wins with his explosive team. And, you know, Russ pushing all the right buttons this year, had a tough loss this week, dropped him down to 15. I had a tough loss this week, drops me down to 15. So that rounds out the top four there at Barco, Spross, Russ, and Brent. Yeah, and Brent, look, I want to do. I do just want to point out one thing. Those are your top eight seeds uh, as they stand right now in the HSSR. It's wide open. Look, the top four are pivotal because you want 
a bye week in week 14. You do not want to play in that that two team point race, the 14 point race to produce two uh, the two remaining playoff teams, I should say. Uh, but, you know, top two, even more important, because you, in effect, get two bye weeks if you're a top two seed. So, I mean, really, there's still a lot of positioning being done here. I think it's anyone anyone's game still to get into those those top four. And, you know, it's still very tight for the top two as well, uh, Brent. But I do just want to point out, we, could, we picked a great year to implement this HSSR because, look, have you seen such a separation? There are five teams right now with a six and three record or better. So four teams that are six and three, and then I'm seven and two. Uh, I mean that it would base. And then everyone else in the league is at least two games behind those five teams. Basically these five teams would be essentially locked into a playoff spot right now, in my estimation. And the whole remaining part of the league would be battling for one playoff spot. It would, it would be, it, it, would, it wouldn't be fun to watch at all. This wouldn't be a fun season at all the rest of the way down the stretch. Now it's wide open thanks to HSSR. So I just want to thank you and me and the rest of the, uh, the executive panel who made HSSR a reality because this would be a very boring last month otherwise. Yeah, thankfully we didn't l- listen to the haters and the people like Weasel that were that were rallying against it, and we stuck to our guns because we knew that this would be an effective solution to the points and the record situation. And as as you said, after ten weeks, it's really looking that way. So you know, I'd like to thank you for pushing as hard for it last year along along with me, and for the people that embraced it and and you know incorporated into the league. I think. I think this is going to work out to be the best situation this year and moving forward. I think I think it has that kind of stability moving forward. Agreed. Um, all right. Well, let's let's round out the the next six teams here. The in the middle two that for right now, for all intents and purposes, are are not you know playing for anything. They wouldn't be in the play and they would not be in the toilet realm either would be PRB again, still in that nine spot. PRB has been in the nine slot for three. This is his third straight week. But he continues to rise up. He's got 12 points now. He had 10 last week. So, I mean, he's honestly, he's looking very solidly out of the toilet bowl at this time. And he's, I mean, he's kind of nipping at some people's heels there for uh, to get into that playoff spot, um, the playing game there. I don't know that he's got enough juice to do it down the stretch. I mean, my guess would be no, but hell, he, he's gotten to this point. Anything is possible. Um, at the 10 scores. Yeah, Schwartz there at the 10th spot. Um, you know, I don't. I never thought he really was a team that deserved the record that he had. He had one win until um, taking Booby down this week, and now he has two wins. But, I mean, his scoring hasn't been terrible. It really hasn't. Like, he is – I mean, he's just behind me in scoring, and he's six up from the bottom there in scoring. I don't – I never thought he really deserved his record. So to see him climbing out of the toilet, I think it makes a lot of sense, uh, you know, for him for to and how it shows his season thus far that he sits around this territory. Totally agree. Schwartz has been like, you know, top he's been like six to eight ish and scoring all year long. So you're right. If he just, and, and we said it way back when, like a couple, like three, four weeks ago, that if he just got a couple wins, he would get out of the toilet area just because his scoring has been pretty consistent. And, you know, we'll check his matchup this week. I think he's got a pretty good shot at, at making it back-to-back, but we'll, you know, preview that later on in the show. Um, and, Brent, now we have to get into, unfortunately, 
the toilet area, which you do not want to be in the toilet area, getting this close to the end of the regular season. We've got four teams left. Tucci has been uh, last in these in the HSSR standings for, I think, at least two, maybe three weeks. He's up to the 11th spot now as he gets a win and has a pretty uh, good scoring week. He's got an HSSR score of seven. And now look, Brent, I know you love to see Tucci and Booty down here, but it's hard. It's going to be hard for you to really take a victory lap on them because your boys, two table mates, are now into the toilet. Stover, which is just shocking to see, and Joey Bags tied with an HSSR score of six. They are in the 12 and 13 spots. Ouch. Yeah, you know, I think what is actually setting up here, though, could be a fun and entertaining toilet bowl if it's, you know, let's say it's like a table versus kitchen, table versus kitchen in the toilet. The stakes would be high. The stakes would be as high as they as they ever would be in the in those toilet bowl games and could make for some really entertaining late season games. So, you know, while I do hate to see them down there, you know, I have confidence that they can take down booby and the weasel in those games so i think that could be some some entertaining stuff i think that stover and i think you know probably more so than bags has a shot to step out of the toilet territory because you know up until this point stover is the newest entry into this he hasn't been wallowing down here the whole time like booby has like weasel has so you know like he's got i think he's got the better shot to move himself back out of this territory so for only this one week snapshot sure enjoy it jay but you know the fact is is that the the mismanagement of booby's team down there is keeping him down drowning in dirty toilet water again this week yeah he's yeah booty like you said checks in dead last with us with an hssr score of three um so you know he was He's kind of up. He was up around like seven or something, eight maybe, uh, like last week or the week before. But he's back down to to just three. So there has he, has he been double digits at any point this year? No, I don't think so. I think he's been single digit HSSR pretty much all year. Correct. Yeah, that's 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 disgusting. Bad luck. Bad luck. It's, bad management. And it's not luck. It's just bad management. It's not good. But I I, I also I don't want to do it. But I have to point out, Joe, look, Joey. Is coming off a year, look, a three-year run, not good. Like, under 500 three years ago. Toilet Bowl winner last year. Now, Brent, going into week 10, he's dead last in the point standing. In points, yes, not HSSR, but he he definitely is pretty much rock bottom for himself right now um, in his probably fantasy career. So, you know, he's he's got a lot of work to do. I know he doesn't want to be here. With these, with these, with the drags of the league down here, but you know he's he's got a lot of work to do to to pull himself out, and I don't know if he can do it based on looking at his roster. I looked at his game this upcoming week. We'll get into that in the pick segment. I don't see it getting better this week for him, but we, we shall see. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see, to say the least. Um, at, at the other end, we we the, we touched on the bottom there in terms of Joey being at the bottom in terms of points, but. At the upper end, in terms of MVP race, I've been saying it all year. I said it even when Derrick Henry went down, and I'm going to say it again. TJ is the MVP of this league. It's over. He still holds a 74-point lead on the next closest person, which at this point is Steve Durazio. 
but number two in, in scoring in terms of the number two MVP um, standing is wide open. And I, look, I said that we've got some bunched up records at the top end, five teams, six and three or better. Look at the top six in scoring right now. They're all within like 40 points of each other. It is insane. Uh, when you look at Durazio, Frank, myself, and Barco, like, and even Russ, I'll throw Russ in there. We are all within like 40 points of each other, uh, all within 40 points of getting up to number two in scoring, which w- could be so huge for HSSR seating because our records are also so tightly bunched that, I mean, like a really good team might find themselves, you know, having to play that playing game. I mean, it's going to be razor, a razor sharp finish to get into the top four and to get into a top two seed. And it's really going to hinge on just like a a couple points here or there. It's just crazy how tightly bunched we all are. Yeah, we have one month. We have four games left to play here. So I'm going to predict that, you know, something's going to happen. A shift is going to happen. There's going to be one of these weeks where, you know, one of these, like you saw this week, Barco putting up 150 was a huge boost to him in these point standings. Like, and and it's going to happen at least once or twice more, where where you're gonna get one of these depressed down weeks, and one of these teams is going to have just a big week, and it's gonna shake up what what you see as you know a pretty static situation here, and it's it, I think it's just gonna happen over these next four weeks. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see, Brent. Um, so there you have it: HSSR standings, MVP standings. Uh, Brent, let's go ahead and slide in another quick uh, word from from a sponsor. I don't even know if I can refer to this as a sponsor, but let's take a break. Let's get a message to the Stinky Nation. Uh, We'll go ahead and and listen to it here and then maybe discuss it a little more on the other end. But make sure you join us after this quick break because we still have to lay out the slate of games in Week 10. Join us for that right after this. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pal, I'm telling you why Stinky Christmas Table is coming to town. We're making our list, we're checking it twice, we're gonna find out who's naughty or nice. Stinky Christmas Table is coming to town. We see you when you're ghosting We know when you muted the friends We know if you've been bad or good gay So be good for good gay sake Oh, you better watch out You better not cry You better not pout I'm telling you why Stinky Christmas Table is coming to town Stinky Christmas Table This holiday season, everyone has a seat at the table. Save the date, Stinky, December 16th, 2021, and start dreaming of a wet Christmas. Welcome back in Stinky Nation, and Brent, I got to defer to you on this one. I'm going to turn it over. Can you give us a little more, uh, some additional information on this? Yeah, you know, once the once the calendar turns to November, it's time to get into the holiday spirit. And, 
you know, it just sounds like there's a, an event that we have to uh, keep our eyes out peeled for. That sounded like it was just a save the date message, but there is going to be, from what I hear um, from the rumor mill, some some further communication about this this date. That was a real date to save. So if you're listening right down, mark down your calendars for December 16th. And, you know, it's it's going to be a stinky gathering, all inclusive. And uh, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much the, the main message there is keep your eyes peeled. There's more to come. But in the meantime, save that date, Stinky Nation. All right. You heard it. You heard it here first. We talked offline a little bit. I have been pretty uh, aggressive with my with my PTO. Um, you know, I've got a full week off in Thanksgiving. I've got like 10 days off in Christmas. So I don't know that I'm going to be able to squeeze a weekday here, which would be entail probably two more days off. But I'm going to do my best uh, to see what I can make happen. Maybe I'll just quit my job. Who knows? But for the rest of Stinky Nation who are in state, who uh, live in the city of Philadelphia, obviously, get that calendar date saved and uh, await the additional information as it becomes available. Well, Brent, uh, shall we lay out the slate of games this week? I told you earlier today that this is as tough as I've ever seen. There are impossible games to pick this week. To me, top to bottom, it's the toughest I've ever seen. Yeah, I when I was going through the games, I had a lot of trouble picking, uh, p- partly because uh, there, there's just a lot of question marks um, for a lot of these lineups. So it was hard to actually just like project what the lineups were going to look like at this point in in the week, and that made it even more so difficult than it usually typically is. But we're going to do our best here and and try and pick these games. And I agree with you, it's a tough slate to pick. But I would say the most attractive game of the slate is probably this this uh battle of top four teams and that is steve Durazio versus frankie's freak squad so i'll let you take this one first yeah this is a this is a tough one this is one of those ones that i just didn't know which way to go here i mean i've got a number of question marks um i mean it's just such a tight matchup i feel like i think josh allen's probably gonna bounce back you still got Kyler Murray, kind of a little questionable. I'm sure he's going to play, but I mean, how hampered is that? Is that ankle? Like, how how much will that affect his game? You know, I don't know. But I mean, Durazio overall. I mean, I'm just looking at some of these matchups, and I mean, it just looks like it's a fairly mouthwatering game for him. Like you said, with the uncertainty, Frank's. I mean, he's going to switch some things back in. Obviously, he's going to be resetting his lineup, which is going to entail. Fournette coming in against a bad Washington team, along with with Antonio Brown. I'm going to assume he's going to play. He'll get Metcalf back. He's going to slide in that that uh, Buccaneers defense. Oh, Brett, I just don't know where to go with this. I'm just going to keep talking because I'm not sure. I have written down Frank, and I'm going to go ahead and stick with my initial inclination, which is to pick Frank to get off of the schneid from that loss and get back in the win column this week. It's a tough game to pick here, and and, you know, I, I can't say that I agree with you here on the Frank Fernandez pick. You know, I, I did the same thing. I injected those points from his bench. I injected the DK Metcalf points. I injected those four net points that he's going to get and the Buccaneers points that he's going to get most likely starting them in, in what is, you know, a pretty decent matchup against a Washington team that tends to give up points to DSTs. But you have to also factor in, 
that, you know, Durazio has the Bears in right now, and he is going to pivot and start a defense, whether who it, whoever it is that he picks up from Fab. But, you know, he'll likely not wait until Saturday to do that and do it on Wednesday, unlike some others. So, you know, tough game here. I'm actually going to stick with Durazio, my original pick when I looked at these games here, even though you picked Frank Fernandez. Okay. Our first game, our first difference. Absolutely. So next up, let's get into your game because you alluded to that in the in the recap section up there. And, you know, I know you I know you're probably going to be tempted to take Weasel here just based on all your self-doubt and the Dak Prescott matchup against Atlanta, even though Atlanta is, you know, right now they're a playoff team in the NFC. So, you know, I can't really hate on an Atlanta as as much as this 30 point projection is showing. Dak Prescott looked terrible. And if, if they look at the tape of what Denver did, we might see the same thing again this week. But you have Eckler and Swift both back in the lineup. You have Brady. You have Judy and Woods. And you have the tight end that you penetrated. You have Booty's tight end that you penetrated. And Travis Kelsey there. And you have you know Michael Carter in your lineup. You have pretty much a full lineup this week. I, the only player you might not say that you have is maybe Tony, but I don't even know if he's a starter for you at this point. So I, you know, I'm taking the chalk and I'm taking you. I mean, Brent, on paper, I I should score 150 points this week. I mean, it, I I should have a huge week. I need it. I've had two bad weeks in a row. I squeaked a win out in my one bad week, and I was not fortunate enough to do so in my next bad week. It's I've been, you know, I'm showing some signs, some cracks here. I feel like I, I've been, I've been showing some vulnerabilities the last couple of weeks, and I don't fucking like it. I want a big, I want a big dick performance this week. I want a buck fifty plus, and I want to get this win. But I'm nervous. I'm looking at these matchups. It's not just Dak Prescott at home, Brent, against Atlanta. It's also the Steelers playing the butthole. 0-8 Detroit Lions this week. And Najee Harris, who's going to go freaking off on that matchup. You've got Claypool in that same matchup. And Kittle is looking dominant as well. I mean, Brent, I should definitely win this game. But I'm going to pick Tucci. I just don't pick myself. Okay, that's just the way it goes. I doubt myself every damn week. I hope I'm wrong every week when I do it. But I just think Tucci looked really good last week. Second highest score of the week. I had the third lowest score of the week. Obviously, I was missing a bunch of players. I got them in. But he's got a number of good matchups. This is going to hinge on quarterback. I need Tommy B to come out and just plant his D on the Washington team. I just there's a lot of a lot of single letters there, but I need it to happen. It's a one o'clock game. I hate it. I hate one o'clock games. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them, especially for Tom and my quarterback. He's got Dak. I mean, I think Dak just explodes all over all over Atlanta. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I get a big score and a big win, but I'm taking Tucci this week. All right. So you're taking Weasel. I, and I just want to let you know that I, I'm not sure if you're aware that you have not picked Weasel as one of your locks. Are you going to lock Weasel against you this week? I, You know, Brent, I was considering it, but I think there's someone I like a little bit better that I've not used and I likely will not use the rest of the year. So I think I'm going to I think I'm going to hold my lock. All right. Fair enough. I just wanted to make you aware of that while we're going through the picks here. 
Um, all right, so uh, unbelievable pick there. I don't, I don't know how anyone can pick Weasel's team, but here we are. And we'll move on to the next game, and it is TJ, Wookie Castaway, going against the table boy, Spross. Yeah, I'll take this one, Brent. And look, I wrote down originally, I wrote down Spross uh, over TJ. But I'm, I, you know, I don't know what's going on with with this uh, Chubb situation. So, I mean, that that really makes me sit back and kind of ponder. Um, you know, TJ's obviously going to be getting. Uh, it sounds like at least he's going to be getting Russell Wilson back this week. But I don't even know if he's going to start him. Honestly, I mean, Cousins has been really good this year. Um, it, that'll be interesting to see what he does do, does there. <sighs> I feel like somewhere along the line, I think Kansas City is prime time this week. Um, I think somewhere along the line, Kansas City is going to get back to some semblance. I mean, they, they are they are prime time, I think, against the Raiders. The Raiders actually have a pretty good defense, uh, especially as it pertains to fantasy quarterbacks. But, uh, you know, Brent, I, I'm going to step out on a line here. I think I'm going to pick against TJ for the first time pretty much all year. I think Spross is going to get back-to-back wins here. And I'm not very confident in this. Uh, I, I had Spross, like I said, written down initially. I'm concerned about the Chubb situation. If Chubb were playing, I'd feel much more confident with this pick. But I'm still, I'm going to stick with Spross anyway. All right, man, that sounded tough. It sounded like pulling teeth for you to, to, to make that selection there against TJ because you've been pretty adamant picking TJ in virtually every matchup so far. So, I can see why you, you would struggle to do that here, especially against the Spross team that you tend to talk down on if they don't have an explosive week. And, you know, TJ has probably been one of the more consistent teams week in, week out. But I'm actually going to take TJ in this one. You, you know, I don't know, like you said, if he's even going to pull Russell Wilson off IR, which is pretty much a C-suite situation to monitor because uh, if the IR tag is removed before Thursday, he's responsible for for making that transaction. So we'll see if TJ makes that move, which is is required by stinky rules. So um, aside from that, you know, like I feel like I'm learning my lesson. Like I pick against TJ and he burns me every time. So you know, I'm just gonna have to I'm just gonna have to go with what you um, your mantra is really, and I'm gonna have to take TJ here. Despite the fact that, you know, like he's got Chuba Hubbard and and McCaffrey is back like full time now. So, you know, he's he's got to make some real important lineup decisions like moving Henderson up to, to RB and, you know, sliding Gronk in or some. Uh, he's he's got to do some, yeah. some things. And yeah, I'm that's sure. the obvious play. I agree with you. I was looking at I was looking at this matchup today, and that that is the obvious play. But who knows if he's if he'll do it? Who knows? Who knows if, yeah. if he's going to do it? So I'm kind of like trusting that he's he's you know somewhat paying attention at this point to his lineup which is bizarre to say for the team that's been in first the entire season hopefully tj if you're not listening you're you know you're getting this through osmosis please pay attention to your team and win this week for me because i am picking you this week (laughs) (laughs) all right oh man that was a mouthful but let's move on to uh the next game which is mine to pick here and that is the booby of the bad gays versus mad dong bags and you know this is going to be probably an important game in terms of jockeying for position in the toilet bowl 
because, you know, Booty, the door on Booby's season got slammed shut last week with that loss, most likely. I know that you and him had aspirations for him to make the playoffs or something like that, but I think we can pretty much end that conversation now with Edmonds Hurt, who we just traded for, and, you know, just a very various other moves that he's made. But, you know, here he is going into this week, and I think he's got a good chance of winning. So I'm going to actually pick him this week over Bags. Bags just needs, you know, like some sort of miracle week in, week out to uh, to pull these wins. And even over a team like Boobies, I don't think he can pull it off. Yeah, it's uh, honestly, I feel <laughs> I, I feel bad about that admin situation. It sounds like a high ankle sprain, um, which will be at least probably three weeks uh, of an injury. Um, he, regardless of that injury, I still like him to win this week. I agree with you. I, I think Joey, I, look, I like I liked a, a number of elements of his team uh, coming out of the draft, but it's just nothing's really gone his way this year. I, I just don't see him him getting out of that toilet at this point. Um, obviously, you don't see Booty doing it either. But this week, they play each other, and I like Booty. I agree with you. All right, so we both agree on that matchup, so we can move on to the next one here. And that is, you know, the guy shooting up, up the rankings here in Barco, going up against PRB in the butt, who has had three straight wins. So this is a tough one to pick. Look, you're right. This is this is looking like kind of a closer game, I think. Uh, PRB, like I mean, like you said, three straight wins. He's five and four. He actually, I mean, he's only got Barco's only one game ahead of him. If if PRB wins his game, he's got the same record as Barco. Um, you know, I think Stafford's probably going to get a bounce back game. He's playing. I think they play San Francisco on prime time, and I can I can attest to the fact that San Francisco's defense is ass. It's horrid. I know this because they're on my freaking team, and I've played them now. I believe I played them the last two weeks in a row, and they've scorched me. So I like Stafford to get get well and get healthy in that game. Um, you know, Pierre B's he's got a nice, couple nice things brewing here in this lineup, but. It doesn't matter because Barco is en fuego right now. I mean, this guy is just on a torrent stretch right now. I believe he will somehow at the end of this week find himself in the top four of the HSSR standings. And I think he does it on the strength of a victory in this game and another decent game scoring. I know CBS doesn't like his scoring outlook right now, but. I like him to have another good week scoring, and I like him to find a way to put this poopy win streak by PRB at an end. Yeah, I find it hard to trust in this CBS, you know, you know uh, projections when they're when they have James Conner at 11 points. I mean, I, James Conner as the lead back in that offense, I see him getting more than 11 points. So, like, that's one of the reasons why I don't even look at the the overall projections here. And you know, the other thing is, you know. Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown are playing in that Thursday game that no one seems to Ugh. like their their players playing in. And yeah. you know, are, you know, are we looking at a depressed scoring output from two of his most important players playing in that Thursday game? You know, we shall see. But I am actually going to take Barco in this game because I I don't think that PRB has the has the firepower to take down this just ascending team in Barco. Okay, so we both agree on that one. What's next, Brent? Jay, is there like a plane going overhead at you, by you? 
Uh, that was I'm over my garage. So that was uh, <laughs> that was Cynthia opening the garage. Oh, okay, all right, because it, it was pretty loud. All right, uh, next up on the slate we have uh, Schwarz versus Stover, and you know Stover needs a big game to to get out of that toilet, and it's against one of the teams that's right above him in the standings here against Schwarz, and you know. <laughs> Schwarz is, is a confounding team. Like he has Dearness Johnson in the lineup going up against, um, you know, the, the possibility that Nick Chubb may or may not play. And Jonathan Taylor right now is looking like probably the best running back in the league. And it's going against Jacksonville at home. So, you know, man, there's, there's just a lot of things on the Schwarz side of the ball that, that I really like. And there's a question mark on Stover's side, like, you know, Devonte Adams, one of the best wide receivers in the league. Going against Seattle, um, it does does Karen Rogers play this week or not? Like that's a big factor there for for Stover's team, and it, that makes this game even tougher to pick. And Schwartz just has another thing over there with the Bills going against the Jets. You know, you know, so like that Bills defense could ball out against the Jets, and you know, there's just too many things on Schwartz's side that make me want to pick his, but. I'm going to have to stick with Schwartz here. Yeah, I mean, Brent, I know, look, I know we joke about the percentages and the projections and all this, but some things do still jump out at me nonetheless. I've never seen a defense projected to score 20 points before. It, it's it's outrageous. And honestly, that could come to fruition. I, I feel like the Bills' defense, like, likely they will be near 20 or over 20. Uh, when you look at some of the other things you mentioned, uh, primarily Taylor, I think he is just going to, go way over that projection 18 points like you said his matchup like he's going to go above that in my estimation uh the one thing that has dogged uh Schwarz all year is that quarterback play um but you know Derek Carr right now what's what's Stover going to do with that like Wentz like you said has been performing very well I mean is he going to maybe make a switch possibly I don't know but I do know this Brent I like Schwarzy this week and I like him so much I'm going to throw a lock on it Oh, here it is. Here's the lock we were waiting for. Yes, sir. So I have not used him, and there is likely no other time I will be able to. Therefore, I'm going to go ahead and throw a lock on it. Stover is just in a a world of hurt this year. I I don't necessarily see it improving this week, but um, I'm going to go ahead and and dip my toe into the pool of Schwarz here for one week and hope that it doesn't bite me in the ass. Well, I haven't used my lock yet, as you know, and the last game coming up on the slate here is uh, Russell Last Chance versus myself. So, you know, this is yours to this is yours to take for the last game on the slate. Yeah, this was another this was another pretty uh, interesting game for me, Brent. Um, I mean, Russ has. He's got some good things uh, percolating on his side of the ball. McCaffrey will be in his second full game back. He looked decent in that first game. Um, nothing nothing crazy, but I think he might have just been getting his footing back. I do think Aaron Rodgers comes back and plays. Um, you know, I, Brent, this is a big game. I mean, if Russ loses, he's four and six. I mean, that – I mean – I, I think he really needs a win, but you look, you were, what were you like five and five and two, something like that. You were, yeah. you were, you were right up there. You had, I think it was me, you and TJ were the only two lost teams at one point. Um, and sure. now it's, it's too straight for you. You're looking at, at dropping to possibly 500 if you lose this game. 
Correct. This is this is a very pivotal game, Brent. Unfortunately for you, I like Russ in this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick him. I think you've got look, you've got uh, Burrow and uh, your boy Jamar on bye this week, and Russ is looking like he's basically gonna be healthy for the first time all year. I think it might come together for Russ here, and I think he's gonna get the win this week. Yeah, I agree. I think this is like the the week that Russell has been waiting for in terms of getting a full lineup. And I, you know, I, I honestly it doesn't really matter who he played. There's a lot of teams I would have locked this against, but especially because of what you mentioned with Burrow and Jamar Chase, two of my more explosive players in the lineup that I'm going to need to contend with, uh, you know, a couple of these guys that Russell has coming in and McCaffrey and Kamara, even Patterson and maybe Aaron Rodgers, like too much firepower this week for, for my team that has some buy issues. So I'm going to lock. Rustle in against me this week. There you have it. So we've got, uh, you know, a couple differences. Um, yeah, probably what about three differences there? I think. Yeah, you know, uh, Durazio, I have you have Frank, I have you, you have Weasel. You know, I have. We both have TJ, I believe here, right? No. No, I have I have Spross, and you have TJ. Okay, so there's another difference. So that's three. Okay. Right off the bat. And then both have Booty, both have Barco, both have Schwarz, and then this one we both have Russ, except this is my lock and Schwarz was yours. Okay, so we've got yeah, we've got uh, three differences, so it should be interesting. We can maybe get some separate. We will get some separation here, or maybe you'll tie it. We'll have to see. But there you have it, Stinky Nation. Those are the picks. That is the matchups uh, that lay before us here in hard to believe week ten of uh, the Stinky League. Really, uh, it's the stretch run, so every game, every point is important. Uh, good luck to everybody out there. I hope your team stay healthy. I hope nobody scaps themselves this week. Uh, most of all, myself. Uh, Brent, we'll all be standing by for additional information on that uh, December 16th save the date. I want to give Frankie a shout-out. Uh, thank you for sponsoring the show. Can't wait for uh, this, the Cyber Symposium. I'll be uh, joining uh, and, and following you on the OnlyFans account. So that, that sounds like it should be a, a pretty wet and exciting time. Uh, Brent, good luck to you uh, this week. Tough matchup with Rustel. This is a, just a very tight week of matchups in Stinky. Maybe we could see some uh, big explosive games return to the forefront here. Hopefully, uh, you know, some of uh, the Stinky cast could get some of those points. And get back in, Stinky Nation, with Brent and I next week to review it all. Same Stinky time, same Stinky channel. Until then, though, Stinky Nation, good night now! about to witness something you never heard before thank y'all for listening my hobby and job take y'all to infinite states lost their rhythm is break your deliverance better than a case of eight ball again it's this ain't for the timid i break jaws and ligaments rappers step up and they take falls i feel like the great falls and rivers y'all ain't raw y'all niggas is cake for the picking play all your lyrics i make ball up all of the paper and throwing away all you're kidding me right 
no, you're killing me. I should murder all y'all on documentary. Pun cock delivery, one thought from gifts beyond your whole clique. You squad, the whole chemistry you're possessed isn't a fourth of the rhythm I store in one kidney. Come on, y'all, come get me. It's war, you know, diddly squat. I know rhythm, it's like I'm bow diddly rock and roll. History stocked in your memory box. Your flow, it'll be chopped in whole cities and blocks. So go instantly nuts when I'm killing the cut. I'm not giving a fuck, I'm hot living it up. It's quite ill of the knock, it's Godzilla. I sock holes in buildings with nocturnal vision and rock for the children in Watts and South Central to Bronx and Boston in the spots. It's not loving the cops, they like nigga that positive shit is not hot. We don't listen, come out to our district and cop the whole village and not. Cause your vision is not how we live in this hot and blood spilling a lot. We ain't dealing with chakras, we dealing with choppers and innocent bystanders filling it drop. We just getting it out here. One by one, I'll drop them all. Just call me a conscious fool who wraps circles around you. Please respect my protocol. One by one, I'll kill. 